0: Thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes, maybe five stars if you like the show. It will help other people discover that we exist. Thank you. You're the best. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Tiffany is away this week, so today we visit Teatro Zanzani together. Teatro Zanzani is a circus mixed with dinner theater, performing nearly every night in Seattle, and the cast is almost always full of expats. So recently I sat down with Dick and Mitzi. Actually, that's their character names. They're a husband and wife performance duo specializing in physical comedy, acrobatics, and tap dance. They also are a mixed marriage. Mitzi is from Canada, while Dick is from the United States. But here, I'll let them introduce their real
1: selves. Who am I? Uh, oh, I'm Wayne Doba.
2: And I'm Andrea Conway. Doba, when I use it in the show. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe what you do for a living?
1: Make people happy. <laughs> and then we, we tap dance and, and do comedy, and, and we write our material and... Try to create uh, personas, Dick and Mitzi, and, and it's like a husband and wife comedy dance act.
2: I throw back to old-style vaudeville type of humor and energy. Can you give us an example, like if you were to
0: do a little bit of your back and forth as you would do it in the show? <laughs> Let me
1: see. Oh, this coat. I'm wearing this. This coat, is the, it's, it's all short, and the tie is shrunk, and it's all wrinkled. Well, how did that happen?
2: Well, that's not the only thing that's short, shrunk, and wrinkled.
1: <laughs> That's our X-rated. <laughs> we opened with the X-rated one. So we were researching a lot of husband wife comedy and jokes. Well.
2: Jokes. Yeah, and particularly if you look at the old style jokes, like old joke books and stuff, it's amazing how racist and sexist and you can't find uh jokes about men. They're all about putting down <laughs> <laughs> women. So that should tell you something. <laughs> what? you <laughs> are I mean, you know how many people are going to be listening to I this? I know, I'm not
1: just kidding. It's <laughs>
2: the old, take my wife, it's please. Y- yes. <laughs> but we reversed it. I did it as a parody. Right. In Zanzani, we tend to write specifically for the show. Right.
1: This is different than our show, which was having um, a man and woman when they were first starting out together, and then seven years later, and then when they're really old.
0: And how did they change? <clears throat>
1: They changed quite a bit. When we were seven years later, we were not getting along at all. And then when we got old, we knew that we loved each other. Love kind of conquers all. And even though they still kind of bicker, that's the relationship.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's any typical relationship. You always, always give and take in certain parts of your life and, and figuring out how to- I
1: give and you take. <laughs>
2: <coughs> Honey, are we going to go there again? <laughs>
1: Just find an opening and
2: I have to go there. it. That's what we really tried to create with Dick and Mitzi is characters that we come back again and again to Zanzani and we stay Dick and Mitzi, we stay our characters and try and apply our characters to different situations. And they've grown as a couple over the years, um, just like we have. When we first started, it was like we were just getting together, and now we've been married for several years. So we really try and play that in our comedy.
0: Mitzi is one of those archetypal Dumb Dora vaudevillian characters though, right? How did you develop her as a a person?
2: Well, I think I I was really influenced by the old comedy style. When we first started working together, I really made her in awe of Dick. It started that way, that she just wanted the best for her man and like an old-fashioned woman but I think in more recent years she's standing up a little bit stronger and Once you got to know Dick. <laughs> 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 and so it's been it's been interesting to see her evolution in the relationship. How would you describe Dick?
1: Dick is pretty self indulged self centered. He's all about his career trying to make it he's never really had the success he thought he should have and he's yeah, constantly Performing and trying to prove to people that he has what it takes, but nobody seems to see him. He's—they see through, through him, so he's—he's he's kind of invisible. But always trying to. But well, wait a minute, I, well, let me—I'm trying to think of a character he's like. I can't th- think of one often yeah, I
2: think he's also very positive. Like he really believes that any moment now um, he could get his big break, and I think that's where Mitzi does believe in him in that way. So they're very positive characters together. Yeah and we
1: generally do a really nice tap dance where people think he can't tap he can't do this he can't do that and then we kind of there is sort of a payoff let's talk Uh, about
0: tap dancing for a second because it's the the one dance i want to learn i've only taken five lessons and then i had to move away for a year (laughs) so i've got gotten off track what does it take to be a good tap dancer
1: it depends on your innate or what is the word your your talent i mean Some people, I think, could try it for a long time and never, you know what I mean? If you have a certain sense of rhythm, uh, because tap dancing is playing music. When I started, when I was 27, I was already a a dancer. I was dancing in nightclubs, and I had studied mime, and, and I was winning dance contests. I had a good, strong sense of rhythm, and I was kind of a drummer. I had a set of drums, so for me to actually then sort of put that language into my feet was sort of natural. Certain people I've taught, if you can't put one foot in front of the other, it's gonna take you longer. I'm not saying it's impossible. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've also seen people who, my teacher was Eddie Brown, was this wonderful black uh, performer who was, when I met him, I used to be the this old, old tap dancer, but now I'm the same age he was when I met him. But he was a, a fantastic teacher, and it was interesting because we started with just three of us, dancing with him and we would get a bottle of brandy and some corn chips and go to some woman's apartment roll up the carpet and tap dance well the other two people were much better at picking up eddie's steps than i was i'm not a quick learner although i'm still dancing today with and i'm not doing the same steps because i've incorporated into my own work i think it was harder for me to learn because as a when i for me to learn i get nervous in front of people and i'm not good in a class I need one-on-one, take it home, work with it, and I think other people pick up faster than me. But then there are are other people, I don't think no matter how long they work with it, because tap dancing is all about weight. If your weight's the wrong way, you're not going to get the step.
2: When I first saw Wayne tap dance, and right before meeting Wayne, I, I was an acrobat before and a gymnast, When I was getting kind of older to do that. Kind of work. I thought, what can I do? And I was thinking, well, maybe tap dancing, something I could do. You know, have a bit longer career with. And I thought, oh, after doing all this Cirque du Soleil and gymnastics, I thought tap dancing is going to be like no problem. Like I'm a very coordinated person. And but when I started doing it, oh my gosh, I think it's harder than anything I've ever done <laughs> before. Because it looks so easy, but it's just it's not so easy. And it looks like you could just pick it up and. And it's not like that. I mean, you really have to work at it and practice. And I've been so fortunate to learn from Wayne, who he's developed his own style, and he's passed it on to me. So I'm really specifically doing Wayne's style. I, if I took a tap class, I don't know how he would do in it, because it's really particular. You know, tap dancing evolves with the person. So the style I'm doing is really his style.
0: Just to put it in perspective, what were some of the things you were doing before if tap dancing was harder than those things?
2: I want to know how hard it actually is. (laughs) Well, I was a gymnast. Like, I competed for Canada and went to the Pan American Games, so I don't know if you know anything about artistic gymnastics, but, you know, I was training about 30 hours a week when I was young and doing bars, beam, floor, and vault, and I would practice five hours a day, and, and it would be scary moves. It was also a fear factor. That was hard in gymnastics is to build up the strength to do the trick, but also the the courage to do it and and fall and hurt yourself and get back up and do it. So tap dancing has nothing to do with hurting Mm -hmm. (laughs) yourself, but the actual skill just takes time and practice and, and dedication. So it takes almost the same amount of dedication without the fear factor involved with it and the same with sir i did circus later and was jumping thirty feet off the russian swing so that took skill but it 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 wasn't quite as frustrating because it's it's hard to see something that looks easy and think that you can do it and you can't get your foot to go that exact way you want it to go so it's more frustrating i would say
0: Why do you think that back in old hollywood so many people could tap dance, and today, not as many people are going for it.
1: Well, that's easy. There's, they're not making movies. There's no place to, to sell it. Back then, even Jimmy Stewart did a tap dance because there were every movie. MGM made a movie, then Paramount may had a, made a movie that would play. Again. So they were constantly going back and forth to MGM, and, were hold, and, and people were under contracts to those places, so they were making musicals. So if you were going to be in the musical, you, you probably were going to have to tap dance. Right? So that was, there was a place to sell it. Where are they selling tap dancing today? And not, not a lot of places to sell it. So people would say, gee, that's such a lost art. And I go, uh, well, it hasn't been lost for me. I've been actually making a living at it for quite a long time now. So.
0: Did you um, both, I mean, you work for kind of an acrobatic performance dinner theater now. Did you both set out to be lifelong performers?
1: I sort of did, it was a real clear point when I was 25 years old living in Florida, I was a math major and a dance minor at Florida State so I had 45 hours in dance and I was working as a waiter and I was dancing on weekends and then decided specifically I was going to go to California and study mime and never had a straight job after that. So from 25 on that's how how I lived.
0: Would you consider that lucky?
1: A lot. I mean I was lucky to get there and at the time I went on the streets and started doing mime in Berkeley and about two and a half years past the hat and was actually making a living. Of course, I was, when you're 27 it's different than when you're 65, making a living. You can perform on the streets, you can jump around, tap dance. I can't do that today. So back then I was lucky to, to do that. I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe if I had moved to LA After I'd made a horror film when I was, you know, 30 years old and had some contacts, my career would have gone to a different place. I could have, who knows, in L.A., you could end up getting washed up. But I knew that this was how I was going to make a living. And even to the point of, I can't do another job. I don't know what else I can do. Maybe teaching. We're talking about that now, actually. Why? Sometimes, you know, staying on the road, being always on the go can be a little difficult. Be nice to be in one spot for longer and not have to be so sort of transient.
0: Okay, I want to come back to that, but tell me, were, did you always want to be a performer as well? I know you were a gymnast. Were you thinking you'd be more of an athlete, or what, what were you hoping for?
2: Well, I think I was just something that I was good at when I was young, and somehow I got into gymnastics and was good at it, and then I didn't come from a super wealthy family, and I've always wanted to travel, so for me it was a ticket to travel like if I did well in gymnastics I would go to this competition in this place and take a plane to this place so it was really an incentive for me to do well and I think that kind of carried over after my gymnastic career into circus because circus traveled a lot and it was kind of a natural progression um, I didn't never thought I'd be in a circus I was lucky to have been brought up in Montreal and the Cirque lay was just kind of starting to happen and they were looking for acrobats so they went to the National Gymnastic Federation and looked for gymnasts who had been retired. So a letter came to my house saying, do you want to audition for a circus? (laughs) And I always wanted to perform, honestly, but I could never perform at school because I was in gymnastics and didn't have the time. So this was like perfect. It was like, wow, I could finally perform and and use the skills that I learned in gymnastics and apply it to circus and acrobatics. And then I just completely got addicted to performing and traveling and you know working with people from around the world and creating things constantly that that was really what made me feel like I really want to continue doing this. Everybody
0: I think whoever has gone to see Cirque du Soleil or any circus type thing has a curiosity about what it would actually be like to be in the company to be in the circus.
2: Can you give us any kind of behind-the-scenes
0: insight into what it's like?
2: Sure, well the lifestyle is really nice because you're traveling with a group of people. We're about a hundred on tour, so that's really nice. And the chefs travel with us, so there's like a full kitchen and stuff, so there's not a lot of responsibility of normal life. We're catered to on tour. and our focus or everyone's focus on tour is the show so we really focus on that and all the other kind of like life things are taken care of so you can really focus on performance where it gets a little bit tedious is to continue doing the same thing over and over and over again and specifically Cirque du Soleil has become such a a big corporation that they're really consistent with keeping their shows exactly the same. And as an artist, I've, I've always felt like I'm kind of an artist. I like to keep creating things. And for me, that became tedious over time was not being able to create new things. And I was just so fortunate that Zanzani came along and that's yeah, I mean, really fulfilled that part of performing that I love, which is creating new things all the time. So, if you're in a circus, this is another
0: thing. This is an embarrassing question. Everybody's terribly good looking for the most part, right? <laughs> That's what the audience is thinking when they're watching everyone. They're like, "Good grief, look at his body! Look at her body. They're amazing people. So how does that work behind the scenes in a circus with everybody being so attractive?
2: Well, I think like like any especially in the circus l a when you're you're young, everyone's you know I, I was fortunate that when I was in the circus had a partner very early on who was the acrobatic trainer and so we were really a couple because otherwise I guess it would be kind of you know you are touring with the same people for everywhere so you can't things have you have to be careful not to to end things badly I guess and you know if you kind of mess around with different people (laughs) or whatever you know so um I think everyone's a little conscious of that it's a two-year tour you know (laughs) so use caution
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about always being on the move you're both from Canada are you both from Montreal
1: oh, I'm from India
0: well let me ask you this question since you're from Montreal would you consider yourself an expat obviously you're not living in your own country
2: you know since 19 I've been on the road so I mean where my home is is actually where I'm working all the time so right now Zanzani has been a very consistent thing for me and for us so this is really where I'm working and living the most. It's a real hard question because, like I like say, from 19, I was always moving around. So I, I don't consider m- myself X of anything or really stable in one place. Mm-hmm. Have you moved around as much as she has in your life?
1: No, I lived in San Francisco for 25 years, mm-hmm. before I got Zinzani. Mm-hmm. I always thought I would live out my days in San Francisco. All of a sudden, this one job came along in Seattle, and I was actually performing in a little club, and I was the star of the show, like once a week, twice a week. I had, was supposed to do a three-month thing with them, and I ended up going six months, and then this job came along, and I said, I'm gonna take it. I didn't know, nobody knew what Zinzani was gonna be. In fact, when they called me, they said, it's in a Spiegel tent, and I thought, what is that, a, I don't, you buy that in a, in a catalog? I thought, Spiegel, what's a Spiegel tent? So I didn't know what I was getting into. I took the job, came up here and it turned into 17 years. And I met Andrea and uh, we immediately got together and started working and ended up getting a couple of gigs in Germany and stuff and trying to put material together. So now, you know, we work on new things all the time. Like the tap dance we're doing in this was, is brand new. The one we did the show before was a brand new tap dancer. It takes us quite a while to, I don't know how some people can put together a tap dance quickly, but for us, it's it takes a long time, months, to do like a three-minute number.
0: For you, moving around more in the last couple of years than you, your entire adult life, does that change the way that you are as a couple? Does it change how you interact?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it does have its challenges. We're trying to figure out all our <laughs> immigration stuff, you know, because... He's American, I'm Canadian. It's kind of a trick to try and figure things out all the time and where we are and how many days we're spending here and how many days we're spending there, you know. it's It has its challenges for sure, but we just like... I think we're going to move to
1: Panama. My friend just talked <laughs> to me. Just kind of get rid of both and just go to Panama and live there because it would be cheaper. And, and, and Then
2: you could both be a little bit confused about it. Yeah,
1: we're oh. confused. It like, well, doesn't matter now.
2: I like being able to move. It, I mean, with what we do, it's impossible to just stay in one place. Does that mean you haven't really amassed much stuff?
1: You have a we, lot of we, stuff.
2: We find places, believe storage.
1: me. We've had I've had many storage places because we're always buying costumes and props. We're trying to actually create a show with with very little because our our show had weighed 500 pounds to bring to a theater and hang a chandelier that weighs. Forty pounds and travel with it, and ship it either from Canada back to and back and forth, and it's it becomes complicated. We just want to get on a plane and have a suitcase, so that's our our challenge now to try to create material more like that. I, I think we're both stronger physically first, and then words. Would you say that?
2: Yeah. And I'm always attracted to big, large props, like the chandelier number. (laughs) I like visual things, and they end up being always big, visual things. And that's not really practical when you want to move them around. Can you describe the chandelier act for people who haven't seen it? Well, the chandelier act, I I, I thought of actually while I was in the circus, because I thought, what can a a girl (laughs) clown be attracted to that she's not allowed to touch? So I thought of doing an acrobatic number on a chandelier. So Wayne and I actually built this huge chandelier with candles in it and jewels and stuff. And I end up going up in the chandelier to light it up and end up getting caught in it and Breaking part of it crashes down on Wayne's head, and <laughs> the light
1: part. <laughs> Hopefully, knock on wood, the, the light part and
2: the jewels the fall jewels. on him, right. and so it becomes a comedy. A, you know, a, a comedy aerial act mm-hmm. on a chandelier that's somewhat trapezy but yeah, different. Dangling, and doing, doing a bit of acrobatics I, I think it on works it.
1: really well in this in a tent because these tents used to come with chandeliers. The tent master showed us the. The old chandeliers, they were these gigantic cast iron,
2: Actually, you know what? huge
1: things that held the tent down.
2: Yeah, they held, it was like used instead of a center pole, they used a huge rod iron chandelier t- for the weight to hold down the center of the tent because all the wood kind of locks in. So, I mean, we made the number before we found that out, yeah, yeah. but we did think of it because, I mean, it's nice in the round. The whole tent's in the round, so it was a number that lent well in the round.
0: What's it like to work together all the time as a husband and wife couple? Live together, travel together, work together.
1: Well, I think if we if we do have uh, arguments, it's usually about the act. Wouldn't you say? Then yeah. More than just being together. And we're together all the time, full on. And some people can't do it, but for us, it's like when we're not a, not together, it's, I don't know what to do. I kind of walk around like, you know, <laughs> what am I going to eat, peanut butter again? You know.
2: Like, yeah, I do the cooking, but you do the cleaning. I do so the cleaning. We so
1: we have a yin-yang yeah, kind of thing. I don't like thing.
2: cleaning very much.
1: Yeah. I can cook about three dishes. So every now and then I'll make lemon chicken. Or or we make my mom's uh, spaghetti and meatballs, and so I'm half Italian. so. Well, the first time I made it for her, we made the mistake. I, I used buffalo meat, and it tasted terrible. The meatballs. You
2: made it up by yourself. Yeah, yeah
1: but I made it with buffalo, which I had never done. And for some reason, the buffalo meatballs... Oh, I was not impressed. They were not good. <laughs> but then we made it since, and now we call it Dora's... My mom was Dora, Dora's sauce. We, we love making the spaghetti and meatballs. That's one of our dishes.
2: I mean, it's nice to work together. For sure, it's, it can be tough sometimes. There's sometimes we're rehearsing, we'll end up sitting and pouting in a chair and looking at each other. and.
1: I think it goes back to, I was, you know, doing mime in the streets, and I studied with an improvisational tap dancer. I like to improvise and I'm very spontaneous she's coming from the school of gymnastics where you do the same routine over and over and get it perfect so we sometimes argue on that so we're forced to do routines together so what happens is I create the steps in the routine I teach them to her she learns them and then I forget them and make (laughs) and make all the mistakes and ruin the routine no,
2: and well sometimes I have to teach it back to you but no. I mean it's a process I would have never come up with the steps to begin with because he invents tap steps all the time I'm like that's brilliant I'm like running for my my camera to capture it because he can't repeat it twice No, no.
1: and sometimes I lose a step and I can't remember it and she has to and it'll be like three days I keep making the same mistake very frustrating on the step that I created that I can't remember how to do Because with tap, if you miss one tap and your weight's off, you lose that step. Mm -hmm. I kind of do it to the melody of the music. So a lot of times when we're redoing the thing, if I don't hear the melody, I can't do the step.
2: That's what's really different about his style of tap dancing, actually, is he really taps melodically. But he learned from, like, rhythm tap, but he applied it in a different way where he used the rhythm tap but uses it with melody. So it makes it really unique the way he dances, which I I really like it.
0: Do you find that it comes easy to you? You say that you do his style. Did it come
2: easy to you? No, I I really had to work hard. Because I also, being an acrobat and a gymnast, I was very up in my body and to get down in the floor was, was really challenging and, and moving side to side. I was more like up straight in gymnastics. It's up and down more. You're not moving side to side very much. And, and so tap dancing was like completely the opposite of what I had been trained for 20 years doing. I'm starting from scratch. Maybe that's why it was so frustrating and hard for me was learning a completely different language.
1: I love, my favorite tap dancer is Fred Astaire, and he's heavy on one leg, but he does a lot on his toes, and he's a, a really good drummer, and, a, and he plays piano like the same way he plays drum, and the same way he taps. So he's very melodical in his dancing, but he dances more on his toes than from what I learned. And sometimes we try to actually get steps, like I worked on the Top Hat, which is with a cane. So we, we know had the movie, and I tried playing it In slow motion, in a mirror, because you're doing a cane tap, cane tap, to try to get these really—it's really hard. But it's really simple. Sometimes the simplest things are the hardest.
0: Okay, so just a couple more questions, and you guys—I mean—they're sitting up like crazy in here. So you got to get get, get—you got (laughs) to go get ready for the show. But people always think that the U.S. and Canada are very similar. So what would you say when it comes to you two being a married couple? that split between Canada and the United States is your biggest cultural difference?
2: Well, I know one. I, we were out in out. the... Out. <laughs> There's
1: one right there. We were out.
2: We were in the, in the forest in Quebec, and Wayne was really worried and, and thought, you know, that we should get a gun because of bears, because of intruders. And I was like, I, I, that's something that I... Nope, nope, no gun. No, I just, I, I couldn't, absolutely not. No:
1: nope. <laughs> If you look at the amount of murders and gun-related things in Canada and the U.S, it's 10 times. Ten people are killed in Canada. It's a hundred. No, it's, it's more than that. It's like a thousand. It's like that. If you look at from Toronto over the border to Detroit or something like this,
2: do you think it's changed now your view on the whole gun thing? I mean, that was your you don't think that now, right?
1: About having a gun? Yeah. Well, probably not. I don't. You know, I never had a gun when I was a kid. I had a BB gun. I'd be pretty much scared to have a gun. But sometimes when you're way out there in the middle of nowhere, you kind of go, "Boy, there's some nuts running around." I mean, like,
2: yeah, I especially don't know. especially
1: in America with survivalists and stuff. That 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 tends to scare me a bit. So you want to have some kind of protection. But on the other hand. I would never have a, a loaded gun anywhere. I would have to it would have to be
0: purely decorative.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, an old musket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with with one one bullet someplace and a and a big bag of gunpowder. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, what would you say uh, in reverse? If for her it was guns, what would you say is the most culturally different about you from how she is as a Canadian? Okay.
1: How they're different than Americans?
0: Yeah, or how you two are just different within your Your expectations, or experience, or anything like
1: that. Oh God, how we're different. Uh, Well, I don't know. I think in many ways, I don't know if it's Canadian or cultural. Or I worry more, and maybe that's from America. I'm more kind of always suspicious and worried, and don't believe it. And I think she's more positive and believes things are going to work out, and it's things. And I think that might be a, a Canadian. I mean Canada doesn't have a real army they don't have a there's a lot they don't have in some ways they rely on America to protect them in other ways America causes a lot of messes around the world and Canada's like I don't want to touch that that's your business you know there's different people like in in Quebec there's the French and the English they're very different how they are and a lot of English older English people in Quebec are quite funny like her father and her uncle they have a sense of humor. So there's a sense of humor in Canada. If you see the people that have come from there, like Mike Myers and Jim Carrey, there's a lot of comedians, uh, Rich Little, that have come out of Canada and have a specific sense of humor. And I think it's because they're sort of in the shadows. They're not, they're not so driven, but yet they have a more relaxed style about things. It's a different take on the world.
2: Does that ring true to you about being less worried? In Canada, there are some things that are less worrisome than in, in the United States, I think, for sure. I think the health care thing, yeah, you, you have to protect yourself more, is too, in the United States than in Canada. It's a little bit more...
1: Still, if you get sick in the United States, you're going to lose your house. But Canada, you, that's not going to happen.
0: So why are you not working in Canada?
2: Well, that's the other thing, is like for us, I'm from Montreal and Quebec, and, and there's a French-English thing there, and we're really doing American-style, a lot of talking in English, and that does not sell in Quebec, because Quebec is more French, I guess. I guess we could try and pursue it, selling it more across Canada, but it just seems to have landed. We just seem to have we landed... on the
1: home in Zinzani, and yeah. if Zinzani was in Canada... I'm sure we would work there. It's hard to find work, consistent work. That's why I'm saying, at my age right now, I'm, we're looking at possibly changing and getting more into teaching and try it's to make it, yeah,
2: it's true. Plant I mean, ourselves
1: someplace, one place or the other. We're not sure where yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Because in Zania, it's really like it's exactly what we want to be doing it's using the, the tap dancing, the comedy, the creation. They're, they change shows every. Three months or something, and we like creating new things. You don't be stuck doing always the same thing. And Zanzani is like the only place that really offers that for this style of entertainment. So we really feel lucky, fortunate that we're part of it because it's really what we're we like doing. What is it actually like to perform every
0: night?
1: She was more used to it than me because I never had a job that lasted more than three shows, but. You kind of get into the routine. you you kind of like a, a baseball player. You have certain habits. If the bat's not a certain thing, they get kind of superstitious. You put your makeup on a certain time. Everything happens a certain time. And, and you like that to work that way. When things get a little out of what do you call it, it can be devastating. Like right now. Like going over Where you
0: right should now. be getting ready. You should
1: be getting ready. And, <laughs> and you're causing big problems right now. And uh, What time is it? I, 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 I don't even know. I'll okay. have
0: to check. Uh, oh, it's 5.20.
1: Oh yeah, well, we're good. We, we, oh, yeah, we should be right. hanging. No, no, but go on, go on. So pretty much, I guess, how you get into your, your routine. Well, I'm sure with the circus, which she did for 10 years, and even with gymnastics, you just you get into a routine where you want to do things some the same time every time. Something changes it. Sometimes if somebody's working out in your space where you're warming up, and there all of a sudden there's another person, it's like, what am I gonna do now? I <laughs> know i have to put that shoe on first and then that maybe it's just oh what is it odc or something maybe oh, I ocd ocd i say odc again <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no yeah i think it's like at any any job like we're, we're creatures of habit and, and like doing the same thing and what's nice about performing live though is it is different every night so there's always something a little bit different
0: good crowds bad crowds that's
2: yeah, or like a lively crowd, or a quiet crowd, or like why didn't they laugh on that joke? I don't understand. Or that's a constant. But I think with Zinzani, what's nice is if they when they change the show every you know three times a year, we're often with different cast members. We're reunited with other cast members that we've been in other shows with. So that's really nice too. Zinzani has really created like a group of performers that are familiar yeah, with. So it. But you now two we're, are in every everyone here in no, Seattle. No, no. No, no no not no, everyone
1: this is a five-month and then we're off for eight months
0: I have one more question just cuz I'm curious since you've been touring with the circus both Cirque du Soleil and Teatro Insani pull people out of the crowd sometimes for different things how are those people picked
2: for me actually I did in the Cirque du Soleil also pick a guy where I took off his shirt and for me it's a I don't know it's how the person looks if they're they, they seem open, a nice smile, they're not looking down, they they seem like an open person. Since I have the, I'm fortunate that I can ask them a few questions, see how they react to those questions, and usually it's, I always try and pick someone who seems very open. So If a person's kind of shuffling their feet, looking down,
0: you're definitely not going to go for that person?
2: No, I don't want to make someone feel super uncomfortable. For sure, for sure, it's, it's always a little uncomfortable to go on stage if you're not planning to be there, but definitely some people's personality are more open to it than others.
0: All right, so is there one question that you've always wished somebody would ask you in one of these interviews that you've never been asked?
1: Why aren't you a mathematician?
0: Well, why not?
1: Because I asked myself that question. Because, <laughs> <laughs> or, because I majored in math, minored in dance, and at one point I realized I was good at math, it was easy, but then all of a sudden, this is not my interest. I'm more interested in, in dancing. I'm happy to do what I love doing. You know, I'd rather do this than make a lot of money, I think. I, you know, I always think I should make more money, I should have done... When I first took computer programming in 1972, where would I have been today if I had stayed with that in college, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But I probably wouldn't be happy.
2: All right,
0: I'm gonna, this will be my last question, I promise. How do you get a sense of home and belonging as a person who's been on the road your whole life?
2: It's always nice to go and see my parents and my sister. And But, you know, I think today everyone's families are more scattered than it used to be in, like, the old days. I think in the old days people used to be from one place and everyone would just stay there and one person would leave. But, like, today I think everyone kind of goes where wor- the work is. And so... I think it's hard to to feel what home is. I mean, I think now that I'm married with Wayne and we have what we have together, for me, home is where he is, wherever we make it and wherever we're working. And if we're not working, sometimes we're not as happy somewhat, you know? We're really at our best, I think, when we're working and creating and performing, and we're just so lucky to be able to do that together. All right, well, thanks, you guys. Thank you. We'll let you get Thank to work.
1: Yeah, we yeah, gotta, <laughs> gotta get busy.
0: <laughs> for more information about Teatro Zanzani and to see pictures of Andrea Conway as Mitzi and Wayne Doba as Dick, you can even see the chandelier they were talking about. Just visit our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Look for the circus episode. And don't forget, we're now on Facebook, believe it or not. Find a link to that page at our website. And like it, so you can easily ask us questions and hear the latest news. Join us. We miss you if you're not there. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Visit the donate page on our website, thebittersweetlife.net. All donations are reserved exclusively for the creation of audio content. Your financial support keeps us strong. Thank you.